Welcome. Great to have you guys here with us at Church Online. I want to say a special hello to our God Behind Bars guys. Also a special hello to those who are on chat right now. Thanks so much for being a part of our services this weekend. You know, right now the coronavirus is kind of taking over the world, it seems like. But you know what? There's still a God who is in control. Even when it seems like it's time to panic, it's not. It's time to trust the Lord. And today's message is all about that. I'm excited about this because we're going to be looking at a miracle that Jesus performed. And it was so impactful that three out of the four Gospels record the same story from different angles. So I thought, let's talk about that because God must have a powerful message for us today through this. But first, before we get started, we always like to say our mission statement. So let's say it together. What are we here to do as a church? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. That's what we're all about here at Church Unlimited. If you want to open your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 8, starting in verse 23. That's kind of our key verse and verses for the whole entire message today. And of course, you can also grab our app, download the notes. You'll have the same notes that I have in front of me and in front of you as well. Again, thanks for being a part of our service today. And so, you know, Jesus found himself tired and he got in a boat to cross a lake called the Sea of Galilee, even though it was actually a lake, when he was with his disciples. Well, a storm hit and how they responded showed their faith. In the same way, how we respond in the middle of our storm right now, happening not only in America, but around the world, shows our faith. And so we're going to unpack that today. I want to give you four simple principles today of how we can overcome our own storms. Maybe the storm for you is the coronavirus. Maybe the storm for you is the effects of the coronavirus, maybe economically on your business or in your career or your ability to earn a paycheck right now. Or maybe your storm is completely unrelated to any of this. And there's just something going on in your life that God wants you to know that he can calm your storm. So let's look, look at scripture together and unpack this. It says in Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Now Mark's version is a little bit different. This is how he put it. He said, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. Now I think it's interesting that it says, As evening came. Now we know, because we know the story, that a storm is about to hit them. Maybe for you, you tend to get nervous or worrisome at night. I don't know what it is about nighttime, but I think it's interesting that Mark said as evening came, Jesus was tired. He also got in the boat. We know that, that the disciples are about to get really nervous about the storm. They, they, they get consumed with worry and fear. I wonder for you if nighttime is a time when you get consumed with worry or fear. It's, it's easy to do that. We're tired. Our defenses are sort of down. We're not really full of faith at that time because we're, we're, we're depleted. So we tend to lay in bed and worry about things and this gonna happen, is that gonna happen? What's gonna happen with this virus? Am I gonna get to go back to work? I've gotta, I gotta earn a paycheck so I can pay the bills and pay the mortgage and pay the rent. And so we can get consumed with worry. It's easy to do that. But here's what I want you to remember. Would you write this down? The first thing you need to know is this. Remember you are in the boat with your savior. Just remember that. You can either focus on the storm that's about to hit or that is hitting, or you can focus on who's in the boat with you. Both are true. There is a real storm. There is a real virus. It's, it's, it's real. It's, it is affecting people. Or you can also focus on what's also real, and that is that Jesus is with you. So I want to encourage you to focus on the fact that Jesus is with you, that he's in your boat. He knows what's going on in your life. He will never allow more to hit you or happen to you than, than you can handle. And so notice at no point in this story does the boat break apart. You know, God keeps you, your vessel, intact. He is with you. And so just keep that in mind, that whatever you're facing, He's with you. I want to point something else out. It says in Philippians chapter 4, it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, by, but pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. 
It's easy to say that, but how do you do it? Well, you replace your worry with petition. That means praying it to God, saying, God, I'm worried about this. I'm worried about my kid, worried about the economy, worried about my paycheck. I'm just going to give it to you. But then it says to follow that up with thanksgiving. So I want to challenge you this week, maybe next time you're laying in bed and you're worried, to give it to God. Just out loud say, God, I give you this worry. I know that I don't want to stay up all night worried. I thank you that you never sleep, you never slumber. So Lord, I'm going to have to ask you to stay up all night and think about this so I can get some sleep. And then after that, give him some thanksgiving. In case you're trying to figure out how do I do that, why don't you come up with three or four things you're thankful for and just say it out loud to God. Or how about this? Why don't you go through the ABCs and just ABC thankfulness. So you just say, A, I thank you, God, that I can have a good attitude towards this situation. B, I thank you that I'm a believer. There's a lot of people facing this coronavirus, and they're not believers. They don't have Christ in them. Thank you that I'm a believer. C, I thank you, God, that we have city officials right now working on our behalf right now all across the country. People are trying to find good solutions. Uh, D, I thank you that you're my deliverer. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to get us through this. E, I thank you, Lord, that they're already coming up with effective ways to combat this, whether that's through pharmaceuticals or whether it's through, you know, social distancing. I thank you, God, that we're active on this. Just go through the ABCs of all the things you are thankful for. And by the time you get to X, Y, and Z, you'll be ready to go to sleep. And so I just want to encourage you, replace your worry with thankfulness. Now, the scripture goes on. Uh, before we do that, before we go any further, I want to stop in this story because I want to tell you something else that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for a church that's responded. Last week, we, we put up a number, a phone number, and an email if you needed help that you could reach out to us. We had more people from the church call or email saying we want to help than even those who needed help. And by the way, all those who did call or, or reach, reach out or email to us needing help, 100% of them got help. I want to thank you for being that kind of a church, a church that is truly unlimited in their grace and compassion and their ability to help people. But I want to say again, this storm is not passed. We're still in the middle of the coronavirus. If you um, are vulnerable because of a pre-existing condition or because of your age, you really don't need to be going out. If you'll call us at the number on the screen or email us, we will go get your prescriptions for you. We will go to the store for you. We'll run an errand for you, whatever you need. We want to help out. Just let us know how we can help. And I want to say, church, thank you for being the kind of people who really do serve our community. And so we've been in touch with multiple leaders in our community, uh, city officials, and they've already thanked us for what we're doing and what we're going to do. And we'll be continually unveiling new ways that we're going to be serving our community. So thank you for being there and making a difference. Thank God for your church. Scripture goes on to say this in, in verse 24. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. Now, a couple things here. First of all, it says a fierce storm. Now, we know that the area that they hit is, is actually called uh, the Syrophoenician Rift. What that means is it's a lake that actually was 400 feet below sea level. So when you have that kind of dip, it, it just creates the opportunity for winds to sweep in there. So when storms hit, they hit fast. Isn't it amazing how fast our whole world changed just in the last few weeks? I mean, we, we heard a little bit about this coronavirus. Oh, it's probably going to pass. It'll be fine. They're working on it. Also, the next thing you know, we're being told to stay home. It's like, wow, that was fast. Storms can come quickly in your life. But that's where you need to learn to trust the Lord. He's, he's got this. And so the storm comes quickly upon the disciples, much like this has come quickly upon us as well. But thank God that he has a quick response for us as well. So just want to encourage you to know, though, that sometimes it feels like God's sleeping. Let's just be honest. Sometimes you think, man, Lord, I'm, I'm calling out to you, and I, I feel like you're not answering. I feel like you're not there. I feel like you're not giving me the solution I'm looking for. God, could you please solve this? Could you please help me? 
And, and oftentimes we wonder if, if Jesus is really there. Well, just because Jesus, this is important, would you write this down, number two? Just because Jesus is silent doesn't mean he's not present. And so he is there with you. A number of years ago, my son Mason was about eight years old. I was with him and our whole family, and then my worship pastor and his family, we were walking around the front of the building. I don't know why, but this is at our old location. Our old location had a gravel driveway, which means it was easy to slip on. Well, Mason was eight, and he was running around like a wild man, and he had shorts on. Well, he slipped, and both of his knees hit the pavement. I sat silently watching this happen, thinking, how is he going to respond? None of us said anything. It was like, <gasps> what's going to happen? How is he going to respond? And he jumped up, and he seemed fine. He looked around, and he was like, okay, I'm okay. But then he looked down, and he saw blood on his knees, and the funniest thing happened. He immediately said, I got blood, I got blood, I got blood, and started running around. <laughs> we were dying laughing. I know that's a bad dad thing. I shouldn't have been laughing at my son, but it was hilarious. But the truth is, is that I was always there. I was waiting to see how he would respond. In the same way, just because Jesus seems silent in your storm doesn't mean he's not there. He is there, but he wants to see, will you choose faith over fear? Now, we all have a little bit of faith and fear in us. We have both. I want to encourage you that your faith and fear used to be roommates, but since Jesus has taken the center of your life, since he is now your Lord, then faith is now the landlord and fear is the tenant, which means your faith can tell your fear, hit the couch. You're not sleeping with me tonight. And so I want to encourage you to let your faith dominate over your fear. Look at this next scripture. It says in Mark chapter 4, this is another verse about how Jesus was sleeping. It says Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with, a, with his head on a cushion. He took the time to get a pillow. Think about that. This, this means that Jesus was fully God and fully man because he was actually tired. And so I just want to mention this too. Listen, if you're up worried, turn the TV off. Put the phone down. Don't keep scrolling through all the hashtag coronavirus stuff. That's going to drive you crazy. Don't sit there and watch 24-7 news, which is just the fear network, telling you all the things going wrong. Turn it off and go to bed. Get some rest. If Jesus needed rest, then I think you and I need rest as well. And it was nighttime and Jesus went to bed. I think that's a good idea for all of us. When it's nighttime, go to bed. Don't stay up all night worried about things all the time. I don't know if you know this, but the, every time you scroll through the screen on your phone or every time you turn a channel, there's a little bit of dopamine that goes off in your brain that you're seeing something new. That's keeping you awake. And so instead, shut that stuff off. Get the screens away from you. Be thankful. Tell God what you're grateful for and watch yourself naturally fall asleep in trusting God. And so get some rest. Don't be afraid to do that. Let's keep going in the scripture. So here's what happens. So this, the, this storm strikes the lake. Jesus is sleeping, but look what the disciples do. It says the disciples went and woke him up shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Now the Lord save us was all right. That was correct. That was it. But that was the faith. Lord, save us. In other words, we, we're, we know who to go to. We know to go to Jesus. But they said, we're going to drown. That's the fear coming in, right? They had faith and fear. And so you know what they're, what they're showing with their fear? Fear is really just faith in reverse. They had faith that they were going to drown, but they weren't going to drown. But they were believing something horrible was going to happen that had not happened. And so I want to encourage you in the same way. A lot of things we worry about never happen. Some of you have been worried about the same thing for years, maybe even decades. It's never happened. Why are you still consumed with that? Oh, I'm just worried my marriage is going to end. You're on your 16th year of marriage. Oh, I'm so worried my kids are going to make the wrong decisions. And maybe they have made the wrong decisions and they bounce back from those. You know, we worry about things that never come to fruition. You think about all the time you're wasting on that. And so let your faith went out. Go to Jesus. Jesus, help us. I'm afraid we're going to drown, but, but I know to go to you. 
And so they have a little bit of both. And so what happens? Jesus responded, why are you afraid? Do you have so little faith? Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. I love that word calm. Can I just encourage you that if you miss everything about this whole message, just remember this. God wants you to know through this message, stay calm. He's got this. It's going to be okay. God has got you. He will take care of you. And so would you write this down? Number three is real simple. You have a choice. You can either make plans or make panic. So you make plans by just simply saying, okay, I'm not sure what's going to happen next. Or we could make panic and say, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. It's all going to fall apart. And what's going to happen to the church and this and that? What good would that do? It wouldn't do any good at all. Just this last week, I saw the president doing a briefing, and then a lot of news reporters were asking questions, and one particular reporter was really coming at him, and he, he kept answering the question, and then he kept saying, well, what about this? And people were afraid. And finally, the president got upset with him. And, and I'm not trying to be political, but I think the president was right on this one because he was saying, hey, let's not worry people. Like, I'm bringing solutions here. We don't have all the answers. We don't have it figured out yet, but let's not focus on panicking other people. Let's focus on the fact that we are a smart nation full of inventive people, full of entrepreneurs, full of great companies with great pharmaceutical abilities to help solve problems. Guess what? We're going to solve this. It's just going to take a little bit of time. In the same way, please don't run to people who put panic in you. Run to people who put calm in you. I want to encourage you to go to the right sources because you really do have a choice. Now, at the same time, this may be a real wake-up call for you. Maybe you own a business or maybe your income is completely tied. You're always working and you think, wow, I'm not able to work. I don't have an income right now. Let this be a time to say, Lord, never again. I'm going to make sure I have something saved up so that when a rainy day comes, I'm ready for it. So maybe you're trying to make some contingency plans that don't look good right now, but let's make sure we're more prepared the next time something like this comes around. I want to encourage you too. I was looking at the scripture and it says here that Jesus calmed the wind and the waves. Now, what was remarkable was not only did he calm the wind, but normally if a storm passes, the waves, all my fishermen know this, the waves can continue to be choppy even after the winds have died down. It takes a while for the waves to calm down, but they both calm down immediately. This is how these professional fishermen who were with Jesus, all these guys had just retired from being fishermen to now become full disciples of Christ. They were shocked, not when the wind went away, but the waves were calm. They thought, this really is the hand of God, because normally it would take a while for that to die down. Let me ask you, what part of the storm is getting you? Maybe it's the coronavirus. Maybe it's the effects of the coronavirus, the effects of the wind, because maybe your economics are choppy. Maybe for you, it's your attitude that's choppy. Maybe you're worried about your kids and their education. So sometimes it's, it's not directly the wind, but it could be the results of the wind. Maybe it's not the coronavirus, it's what it's doing to the economy. Maybe it's not the economy, what it's doing to your attitude. Maybe it's not your attitude, it's what it's doing to your family relationships. I don't know what it is, but there's all kinds of ripple effects. And so I want to encourage you, let Jesus calm all of that. He's got your family. He's got your marriage. He's got your health. He's got your finances. He's got your faith. He's got your church. He's got your community. Jesus has got it all in the palm of his hand. He's got you. Stay calm. God is still in control. You know, one thing that was really cool about this, I realized that these guys were professional fishermen, and they were panicked. Think about that. So the non-fisherman in the, in the boat was Jesus. Everyone else there was a fisherman, and they were panicked and freaking out. I wonder if part of this coronavirus, part of the message God's giving all of us, is that we all think we're a pro at something, don't we? You know, I mean, I think, oh, I'm a pastor, man. I've been doing this for decades. I got this. I don't have this. <laughs> I never went to a seminary class on how to handle a coronavirus. I don't know what to do if they say you can't have church, right? 
So I can panic and freak out or I can stop and realize, you know what, I may think I'm a pro, but really I need to retire, I need to resign from being a pro at my job and be a full-time follower of Christ and a part-time pastor. Maybe for you, you're really good at what you do. You've got great skills, great abilities. Maybe you're, you're a great salesperson. Maybe you're really great in the military. You're high up in the ranks, man. You, you got this down. You're like, man, I'm a lieutenant. I'm, I'm this or that. You know, the Pentagon, when they call, they call me. I mean, I don't know what it is that you do. Maybe you're in education and you've got all these classes you teach. You're in administration. I don't know what it is, but I bet you're good at it, whatever you're good at. Sometimes the Lord allows what we're good at to come to a stop too, to remind us that all those gifts we have come from Him. So I want to challenge you to step aside from being a pro and recognize that our first position is to be followers of Christ. Our second position is the job we do. Our second position is everything else in life. Make sure you put in first. Sometimes God allows everything to come to a total standstill to say, hey, I'm still God. Don't forget who really makes the world go around. It's not you and your abilities. I gave you that. It's me. This is a great time to say, God, I thank you. The Lord, I may be good at what I do. I may feel like I got this, but Lord, the truth is I don't have it. You have it. You're in control, not me. So I just want to encourage you today. Why don't you resign as manager of the universe? You'll discover it'll still go on without you. God's got it. It's not each of us. We do have a, a part to play in this world. And I'm not trying to say we don't, but let's not overemphasize our role and therefore underemphasize God's sovereignty. God is really in control. He really does have you. Last thing I want to tell you is this. It says, after he calmed the wind and the waves, Matthew 8, 27 says this, the disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. I love how it says the disciples were amazed. This last point I want to make is not a point, it's a question. Here's the question I want to ask you. How can you ever be amazed by God if you never need him? How can you ever be amazed? We say, oh, I want to see your wonders. I want to see you do amazing things, God. I want to see the miracle working power of God in my life. Well, why would you ever think you could see that if you never have a problem? If you never have something you don't have a solution to, then why would you need a God who has all the solutions? So the truth is this. God has positioned you and me. God has positioned our nation. God has positioned our world to finally recognize we need the Lord and God will come through for us. You know, right now in America, we're all panicked. We're all watching these, these daily briefings to know what's going to happen next and what does this doctor say and this expert say and all these people are giving their two cents and we're all wondering what's going to happen in the world today. But, you know, maybe it's a good time for us to remember. Isn't it, isn't it funny how politics seems to have died off now and all of a sudden we're one nation trying to find a solution? Maybe we should go one step further instead of just being one nation and realize, wait, we're one nation under God to recognize that we need the Lord. God's hand is on our nation, but we need to remember he's there and he is still taking care of us. So we don't, you know what I want you to do today? I want you to not criticize your president. I want you to pray for him. Let's not criticize the, the side of the aisle you don't like politically. Why don't you pray for them? Pray for those leaders. Instead of criticizing your city councilor, your mayor, your governor, why don't you, why don't you pray for them? Instead of criticizing the police and the first responders, let's, let's pray for them. This is, this is new territory for all of us. I want to challenge you to stop and hit a knee and call out to God and say, God, we need you. Lord, we know that we can trust our lives in your hand. Lord, you've calmed the storm before, and I know you'll calm my storm too. Let's trust in the Lord. Last verse I want to give you is found in Proverbs. It says this in Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight trust in the Lord today. Let's take a moment right now to bow our heads. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, 
Maybe you've been fearful. It's time to, to say fear, you're gonna have to sleep on the couch. You're not a roommate. You're maybe a tenant. I know I still gotta deal with you, but you're not in charge. My faith is in charge and trust the Lord. Maybe for you, it's time to make that Thanksgiving list and thank God for all that he's done for you in the past. Because if he's done all that in the past, what makes you think he's gonna stop now? Maybe for you today, you've never trusted your life in Christ's hands. Maybe it took a full stoppage of the world as we know it for you to finally realize there's something more valuable, more important than this world. And that's the one who runs it. If you've never accepted Christ to be your Lord and your Savior, you can receive him right now by praying a very simple prayer. Would you pray with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Right now, pray this prayer. You can say it out loud with me. You can say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord. And be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.